Here's the snapback. Here's the kick. He's got the leg into it. If it is good, and it is! Austin scores! A 49-yard field goal, and Indiana leads 27 to 24. Oh, it's an end around one to go. Rolling out of the pocket to a strong hand. Delivers deep down the field. Caught touchdown! Fry Fogel again! Welcome to the Elio Podcast. You heard that voice again? It's me, Brandon Dubich. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Dubich. It's a real uh, brain buster. Uh, and I'm here. By myself again. Um, Michael has gone MIA. I hope he's okay. Um, I'm just kidding. He's fine. He's having fun on vacation. We just picked our seat, Seth. Did you hear about this? I was told to ask. So tell me what's up. So you used to be down like so we were in, in the zone. corner and we zone. were in zone. We were corner in zone, and those tickets were available again. We could have got the same exact seats. But instead, we moved up about six rows, and now we're in between the 10 and 20-yard line, three rows up from the field. Fortunately or unfortunately, um, we don't have aisle seats. So we are kind of like six seats in the middle. So we're not stacked three and three. So I can't, like, jump on your back anymore when, you know, a good play happens. <laughs> um, but I'm pretty excited. It's the closest we've ever been to the field. Um, so... I'm I'm happy. Uh, both uh, my wife, Mike, and I were all on Facetime choosing the seats today. Um, it's always it's always fun. Um, have you ever have you ever been a season ticket holder and got to do the seat selection thing? Uh, I am a cult season ticket holder. And, okay, so does it work uh, the same way? It, it did whenever they originally got the tickets. I inherited them as part of the dowry for our marriage. So, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, so that I, was a that was a perk. So I guess I should follow the outline, or Michael will kill me. Um, that yeah. voice you hear again is producer Seth. Um, if you haven't done it, you can block him uh, at Satov Five. He explained why it was Satov Five last week, so we're not going to do that again. Uh, Seth, thank you for joining uh, and taking time to to talk to me. Um, we've only been friends for a few years, and to talk about IU football, you must be a pretty good guy to uh, take time out of your day to talk to me about IU football. So we appreciate it. Oh, keep buttering me up, Brando. I appreciate it. No, it's <laughs> just, uh... just trying to get content on you. Really? I mean, <laughs> what does a guy got to do? I mean, I, I'm not going to go all Deshaun Watson, but. Um... <laughs> all right. Okay. It's a, children right. show. I, it's a children show. I don't know what's happening um, anymore. I've lost control. Today, episode 87, we are going to talk uh, defensive line. Um, similar to offensive line, Seth issues, issues at the defensive line last year. Um, we'll get into if we think it improved, if we think it stayed the same, if it got worse. But first, we got updates. Um, and we got an update from last week's update. Um, wah, wah. We can't delete what is already out there in the cloud. Um, where I said Brandon Jennings. Um freshman sophomore linebacker who's been at like 70 schools was a lock to come 
That's what I get. You said shoe in shoe. In. And that's what I get for reading Twitter and message boards uh, because last Friday he committed to Central Florida. So um, he is a now a knight, not a Hoosier. Uh, this is his third school, though. So, you know, maybe he'll be a Hoosier one day. You know, um, I'm not putting anything off the board, but um, here, this guy, the guy you give your precious time to said, Brandon Jennings, shoe in Hoosier. Couldn't have been more wrong. So um, no Brandon Jennings uh, to help a young uh, linebacking core. Uh, but we did get a commit. Um, did you uh, did you see this? Uh, this kind of slipped under the rug. And we don't have Michael here, who is definitely, like we've said, a little bit more crimson colored glasses than uh, either one of us are. We got a walk on from Alabama. Um, so in early Brando's Randos, what is like, what's a Big Ten equivalent to a walk on from Alabama? What should you expect from that level of a player? Wow. Okay. So, ooh, I think he is a roster spot. I don't. I wouldn't put any expectations on him. I don't think that you no, can ever do that. He played uh, special teams his true freshman year. So he did get on the field. He got on the field in the national championship game, Seth. Experience counts. I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm trying to give a positive take here. I mean, the there every team has to have a worse player. <laughs> so I don't know. You know, I have no idea. Yeah. There's no way to judge that. So you know, so to if give it a, was no, I, I feel you there. No, I, I I think I think you're probably right. I tried to be brag a little bit with uh, hyping this guy up. He was originally a Georgia State commit, um, very lowly ranked. Uh, he transferred back home. He is from um, from Alabama, uh, and then and then walked on. Um, and all reports are, you know, he works insanely hard. He's a very hard worker. That's how he got on the field in special teams as a true freshman. He didn't play anything else other than special teams. I think he was on um, kick return team, um, and that's a hard job. I mean, did you play kick return? I mean, oh, you're for pretty, sure. You're pretty much I just there to get blasted. Um, I was the returner. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, that's not no, an I easy think job that, in the you know, SEC. Anytime you have. No, not at all. But yeah, good for you guys. There we go. So, um, are you going to mention his name? Is was it Br- Brian? Brian Lanier? Brian Lanier. Yep. That's that's his name. He's, he's uh, his position is DB. Um, hasn't really read if he's going to be a safety or a corner. Um but again, so he will be a he he will be a redshirt freshman. So you will have four years uh, to play because uh, he played less than four games last year. So um, that that is uh, that I can say is a shoe in uh, because he's actually committed, unlike Brandon Jennings. Uh, but I think the biggest kind of update or news was Tom Allen was ranked the 40th best coach. I was shocked by that coming off a two and 10 season. I thought he would have definitely been, been below bottom 50. Is that 2020 season still in people's minds? Like, is he still getting credit for, for, for that season? Seth, cause 40 is pretty high. Yeah, that's definitely a little higher than I would have expected, but I think as far as a character guy and I think, yeah, 20, 2020 was, 
you know, the Cinderella year, whatever you want to call it. I think he's carrying a lot of positive momentum from that. I think, you know, and the question I always ask on these things is who's voting. It's all an eye of the behold. It's all an eye of the beholder thing. So the things that you value in a coach that makes you think that a guy is special, you know, I could be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's hokey salesman stuff. I, I'm not a big fan of that, you know. So I think it goes both ways. Um, but I do think that, I mean, as far as we always talk about this, and I can't get away from it. As far as he's definitely a top forty human being, as far as coaches are concerned, I'd probably say he's probably a top. 15 top 20 pretty safely um so i think that carries a lot of weight in the coaching circles as well yeah so this is by cbs sports so this is media um and tom allen is definitely on the right side of media it's it's a panel of college football experts um is is who did it It's it's out on cbs sports let me see this is awful podcasting let me see where Purdue is, though. And this is this is live real time. So Tom Allen was an, I'm going to guess 36. So Tom Allen was a front of Scott Frost. Of course, he was in front of. Oh, God, what's Maryland's coach? Lo- Mike Loxley Loxley um, in front of Brent Venables of Oklahoma. That's a shock. Um uh ahead of Shane Beamer from North Carolina. He was he is uh-huh. right in between Shane Beamer of South Carolina and Steve S- uh Sarkeesian. Oh my god, they have Brett Bielema ahead of Tom Allen. All right. This uh, look- and they have Greg Schiano at 36. Oh, I probably should have done a little uh, bit more research. Jeff Brom 30th on this. List. Okay. All right. I'll take it. Brett Bielema. That uh, that that I don't take. <laughs> Yikes! I mean, that's disrespect uh, to Brett Venables. Brett Venables is like ten below Greg Schiano. Yeah, if you had, if this is two thousand eight, I'd say Brett Bellema maybe. <laughs> but yeah, oh, I don't man. I don't know. Okay, that, that list is questionable. Probably should have done a little more research on it. But anyway, fortieth best coach Tom Allen. <laughs> I'm I'm absolutely I'm good with that. Uh, if you can go two and 10 and still make the positive here. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, sorry. That's top 40. That's, yeah. Top 40. Let's go. Um, all right. That's, that's, that's as much for the updates as you're going to get. We just spent 10 minutes on may football updates. So um, <laughs> on to, uh, on to position preview. Um, do you want to start D tackle or, uh, or edge rusher? Where do you want to start? Let's start in the middle. I think start. the, the big boys, the biggest boys, however you want to describe yeah, that. Yeah. So I actually think this is a very strong unit. Um, maybe one of the strongest units on the entire team. Um, the the five players that I kind of have marked down that are they're gonna be in the rotation. Demarcus Elliott, I feel like that guy's been there for a decade. Um, he he's not spectacular, but he's gonna do what he's gonna do, right? Um mm-hmm. you got consistent. C- you got CO who's a little bit more of a roller coaster. He's either dominating or getting dominated. Um, mm. It, it, it kind of depends on who the opponent is and what the day of the week is. I haven't exactly figured mm-hmm. out what CO like the potential is there to be really good, but he's also too often five or six yards behind or in front of the line of scrimmage getting blown back. Um 
So those are the two guys you know. The three guys you might not know are all um, all transfers. Um, you got J.H. Tevis, who was all over the spring videos. Um, he was he was absolutely um, in, in all the videos. Uh, Tom Allen's brought him up specifically uh, a few different times. Um, he reminds and you said it, you, you hit the nail on the head. He's the Weston Kramer of, of this year, I think. Is, is that fair? Is that a fair comparison or unfair? No, it's fair. I mean, I think it's there's a little bit of the unknown. There's the hopeful optimism that he can fit a role. Um, and Weston Kramer really excelled in a limited role. And I think that, I mean, didn't he just get signed? Didn't Bragg say something? Yeah, he's he's on a he's on a break. roster. Didn't he get signed? Yeah, let me let me look that yeah, up real so, quick while you finish your thought. Yeah, so I'm saying, uh, you know, as far as transfers coming in, he's got the body, he's got the mold. Is if that's you know if that's his ceiling, if that's a niche he can fall into, you know, that's somewhere where either well any of these three guys I think you're going to mention, you know, could potentially grasp. But Tevis, I think probably uh, I hate hinging on anything, but and he probably has the Cal, most right most potential. So like- yeah, the most power five experience, what whatever litmus test you want to give i think he has the most likelihood of of filling in that slot yeah so he's a redshirt senior just like weston kramer is and if he can put together a weston weston kramer year that's really good i mean i think i probably led the weston kramer charge last year um but man he 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 was one of the dozen bright spots um on on the 2021 indiana hoosiers and if jh tevis who's built the exact same 6'4", 281, not a big guy for the middle, um, but, you know, experience. He, he's played in the Pac-12 for four years. Um, so the, the other two guys that you mentioned, um, I mean, they're both hosses, man. Um, you have first, you have, red, well, they're both redshirt juniors, so um, seniors. They played uh, three years in the SEC. They're both coming from Old Miss. First, you have Patrick Lucas, 6'3", 320. Uh, and then you have Ladarius Cox, 6'4", 320. Um, that is SEC size. CEO looks big. He's only 3'10". Demarcus Elliott looks <laughs> big. He's only 305. Like These guys are taller and bigger than both of those guys. Um, they're an unknown quantity, just, just like most of this Indiana roster, but I'm comfortable with all five of those guys lining up in the middle. Um, is, is this, do you, are you, are you with me on, uh, on the confidence level of, of the interior? No, um, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, co- confident. I wouldn't go with, I, I would say again, it's a, it's a room filled with potential. It's a position group filled with potential options to utilize. And that way you're not pigeonholed into hoping that one or two of these guys produces potentially, if you can filter in four or five of these guys, you know, you can find a package that works. My problem with this is there's a whole lot of unknown here, man. You, you pointed out it. I, I don't know what else to say. If you can get consistency out of Elliot and CO, you might be really good. If Tevis ends up being the third rotational guy in there, you might be pretty good. But, you know, if there's injuries, if there's any kind of inconsistency, you might be looking at a situation in 2022, just like in 2021, where up the middle can be exploited from time to time. Yeah. 
Yeah. See, I, I'm. I, I obviously just said what uh, what I thought. Um, my issue with this room is we have three redshirt seniors, two redshirt juniors, and a single other player in the other three or two. Sorry, and they're both true freshmen. Now they're both really good. Dominic James was the second highest rated recruit. Four star out of the IMG Academy, absolute stud. Then we had Richard Thomas out of Fort Lauderdale, three star, but top top five hundred. But there ain't a redshirt sophomore. There ain't a redshirt freshman. We have two freshmen, and they're both really good. But again, there's not a lot behind this. Now again, transfer portal, all of that can change. I feel really, really good about the interior of the defensive line in 2022. It is bare freaking bones after that. Um, so, uh, but again, uh, to, to do coach, we're going to take, we're going to take one game at a time. We're going to take one season at a time here. Um, but I'm, I, I love the way our defensive tackles um, and IU rotates a ton of them. Mm-hmm. So um, I think five is a good number. And like I said, I, I'm comfortable with every single one of those guys. Uh, prediction time, I think Lucas and Cox, the transfers from Ole Miss, um, dethrone Elliott and CO. I think El- I think Elliott and CO probably start the year getting the most reps. Um, but I think we know what Elliott and CO are, un- un- unfortunately, um, which isn't bad. They're solid dudes. Um, but I mean, Cox and Lucas are just men amongst boys um and with that sec experience um i'm 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 leading them in that room cool i mean that's the right logic you have to take yeah absolutely cool all right now let's jump to the edge which uh yikes um all right so the four guys that i have written down um are all or three guys that we know one guy that we don't know um is James Head Jr., who I feel like Michael and I have been waiting to do something for three years now. Alfred Bryant, who um, the only real thing I know about Alfred Bryant was he was a state champion wrestler. I say that every year we talk about him, and that's still his best highlight. Um, And then Bo Robbins, who, again, I think the entire state of Indiana was pumped that we got him. I don't think he's played a meaningful snap. Um, and then the kind of the only guy I'm really excited about is Miles Jackson um, transfer from UCLA. He got rave reviews in the spring as well. I was excited when, when we got him um, back in November, I, you know, even though he is only a redshirt sophomore, I think he has the most talent out of those four. Um, but man, I don't remember the last time I used had a good, uh, a good edge rusher. And I kind of feel like Seth, we talked about the tackles and the offensive line that you just need to play the young guys because James had junior and Alfred Bryant. They're, they're good. They're good dudes. Um, they've, they've stayed with the program, but they're just guys. I think you need to give Bo Robbins, miles Jackson and uh, your boy Cooper Jones, a lot more run. Um, because again, it's less important of how good we are in 2022 edge rusher, um, is so vitally important. And 
if they want any chance, they're going to have to get it from, I think, the three underclassmen. Yeah, so I'll, I'll take the positive. I'll take the super positive side on this. So I've heard nothing about or nothing but from you and Bragg over the last three years about how Head is going to be this freak athlete or you know he's yeah. going to be this this ball hawker. Um, unfortunately, the the play hasn't really. <laughs> you know, hasn't been indicative of that. Um, but he definitely has potential. He has all the things you get excited about as a player. Uh, Alfred Bryant, we saw a lot of last year. And what we saw a lot of, unfortunately, was him in coverage, uh, dropping into the flats, which blew my mind. Um, and he oftentimes would get taken advantage of, and they kept burnt. doing it. I Bur- Burnt I, head. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Um, and then, yeah, your point on Robbins, you're 100% true. Uh, you know, I've watched him play probably three or four times in high school. I saw him play probably maybe a dozen snaps um, last year. You know, none of it was really, you know, eye popping, but, you know, he was a redshirt freshman. So you'd think that, you know, you can continue to grow something to build on. Um, and then, like you said, Cooper Jones, I think, is another guy. He's a fringe guy. He'll be what a redshirt freshman next year. Yep. Um, I, I think he has potential. He has a really big body. I think he's about 6'6 six, six to 60. So maybe if you put on a little bit more weight, he could also slide inside and do some rotational at D tackle. Um, so again, a guy who probably is a year or two away, um, but has, you know, has an option of, of adding some variability and flexibility with his depth. So I think there's a lot to be excited about the production again, again, I feel like I'm saying this over and over again, but you know, the production isn't really, you know, doesn't really stay that say that, but there's a lot of players to be excited about. And I do think you're right. Again, we talked about this last week, play the young guys. There, there's a certain point where you can rotate head and Bryant um, in there, but you know, give meaningful snaps to the guys who are going to be on the team and are going to be key players in 23, 24. Exactly. Yeah. No. So for me, um, you know, I think I use going to start the year again. You guys did a great job with the two deep, um, but I think it starts the year with Elliot and CO on the inside and head and Bryant. Um, but, you know, putting on my uh, Nostra, uh, Nostra Dubich hat here. Um, I'm hoping it is Lucas and Cox and Jackson and Robbins um, as the season ends. I think if, if the season ends with those four, um, I think there's potential to be uh, to, to be maxing out that potential, um, which is what you need to do when you're when you're a team of IU. Um, Absolutely. Cool. Uh, talking about maxing out potential. Here's a super quick word from our sponsor, Monon Track Club. MTC is Indiana's running brand. Built on a deep love for the sport and the Hoosier State, they craft products, tell stories, and create experiences that aim to celebrate, support, and add to Indiana's running culture. Check out the link in the show notes for more details on their club runs and to show their sick gear from shirts to hoodies to koozies. Because it's koozie season, baby. As a thank you to our listeners, they are offering 10%, T-E-N, 10% off your order. That is a great deal. Use promo code LEO10 at checkout. Now, back to not self-proclaimed. Best part of the show, Brando's Randos. I have three for you today, and um, none of them actually have anything to do with IU. Are you okay with that? Perfect. <laughs> Perfect world, right? This I think is my dream scenario, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, you know, we talked wide receiver versus running back, right? When we were talking offense. So that got me really thinking. 
What is the premier defensive position in 2022 college football? Because I think edge rusher has been came that in the NFL. They're the guys getting paid the yes. most. They're the guys getting all the screen time. Edge rusher has become the premier. De- like at one point it was linebacker, you know, middle linebacker in the early 2000s. Middle linebacker, yep. Then, then I mm-hmm. felt like after that it was corner, you know, Revis Island and then the Legion of Boom, right? Like I, Richard Sherman. Like I feel like it was corner. Now it feels like defensive end edge rushers are the premier position in NFL. Is that the same in college football? What, what, what is the position? I could, I could not agree with you more about the NFL. That was exactly how I would have put it. I think the, the NCA is a little bit different because there's more schemes. Yep. Um, so I think um, I would lean towards cornerback a little bit because of so much passing in the college game these days and the variability in which they attack the edge. They always talk about, I can't tell you how, you know, that's the, the biggest coaching cliche right now, I think is attack the edge or, you know, whatever this. Um, so I think really the cornerback now is the most pivotal position on the defense because you always have to force everything back inside. And at the same time, you have to have impeccable coverage when, you know, the, the pass interference definition constantly evolves and offensive pass interference pretty much doesn't exist anymore. But if you breathe on a guy, it's pass interference. So I think it is the, and it has the biggest penalties as a result. I mean, you can get 15 yards for pass interference. Um, God forbid they go to the NFL style where it's a spot foul. Um, You know, it's the most exploitative and the most necessary position in all of college football right now, or sorry, all of college football defense right now. So I'm going to take a slight pivot. I think it's safety, um, but I think it's secondary. I I don't think you can go wrong. IU just had its best linebacker of all time. Just had it in Micah McFadden. That defense still wasn't very good, right? I I think Micah McFadden was fantastic. How how and why was IU's defense so good in 2021? It, It was Johnson at safety and Mullen at corner right? Mm-hmm. Took away the edges and the deep ball and created turnovers. Now, edge rusher can certainly do that, but I think again, like you said, college is so schemed, so situational. I don't think edge rusher is there yet to be dominant. I think that's where it's going, right? Kids right now are seeing Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, you know, all, all these studs. So I think the next wave of players, I think edge rusher is going to be it. But, but I'm with you right now because college follows the NFL, right? So where secondary was all the rage five, five, 10 years ago, I think that's why it was, it's all the rage now in, in college. So I'm there with you, uh, whether it's corner, whether it's safety, you, you and I are, are right there um, on that being the premier defensive position. And that's why I think this team has hope, right? I mean, you, you have, you have Taiwan Mullen. Um, you know, I, I, I think when you have a corner like that, that can be healthy. Uh, I'm not going to go on the rant that Michael always goes with health of 2021. Um, but a healthy Taiwan Mullen can, can really, really change things. Uh, and, and I think we'll get to that here in about two weeks. So, um, with that saying, I, I feel like we might contradict ourselves here a little bit. Um, but would you mm-hmm. rather yep. have... What's more important to Big Ten football? 
right? Because like we've talked about in previous pods, Big Ten's a little different. It's a little different than the rest of the NFL. What is more important to a team's success? Elite trench play or elite secondary play? In the big I felt the setup coming. Yes. I felt I felt this coming. I knew you were gonna give him the okie doke here. Tell me how tell me how important pass defense is, and then explain to me why it's actually more important to have a pass rush and be able to stop the run with the defensive line. Yeah, no, in the Big Ten, and I'd still say the majority of college football, unless we're talking Sun Belt, which is a little bit more spread out football. Um, I really think that having the trenches being the best part of your defense is the preeminent hope of all teams, because here's what you can do with a defensive line. You can cover up a lot of um, coverage issues by having a good pass rush by, you know, putting teams in past situations where they're predictable. Um, you can almost never overcome bad secondary play. Um, you know, uh, so, sorry you can almost never over like there's just nothing that can help yeah good corners aren't stopping uh six yard runs every time thank you right? yes yeah like you know um, they're not filling the, the hole on a dive or an iso they're not taking on lead blockers except for maybe on a toss you know yeah. it's ohio state is always going to have two to three five-star running backs no safety is preventing him from getting three yards in a cloud of dust right so I okie doked myself because I completely agree, man. Um, in the Big Ten, the team, the offensive lines and the running backs will just dominate you for three quarters to where the fourth quarter you are just mashed potatoes. So while I do think safety or corner is the premier position in college football, without a strong front seven, toast and absolute toast in the Big Ten. And, um, man, uh, if we're just looking at the defensive line, I think we're 50% there, but we're also 50% not, um, which, which is a concern for sure. Last question here that, again, kind of has a Big Ten tie. Did you see the Pac-12 eliminated divisions? Mm-hmm. So the Big here Ten. Here we go. The Big Ten followed the Pac-12 once. I still don't think uh, the COVID year happens if the the Pac-12 and ACC didn't cross the line, right? Literally, the dream season doesn't happen. Big Ten would have sat out, but they didn't. They followed the Pac-12. They followed the ACC. Will the Big Ten follow the Pac-12 and eliminate divisions? Okay, I'm going to answer this three different ways. <laughs> you know, Will I like they, a good three way. <laughs> Will they? Yes. Should they? No. That's Do a I bad, want them to? Answer. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe it's yes, yes, no. All right, fine. So I'll, I'll say only I don't want them to. Um, yeah. Big Ben West doesn't want to. <laughs> yes, my Purdue fandom does leads me to not want to. Sure, I admit it freely. I've done it before. I take Illinois, I Nebraska, Northwestern to play Illinois, year. Nebraska, Northwestern every year. Yeah, I know it's a it's a refrain at this point. I'm okay with it. Um, but yeah, 
I do think that what was the stat that you guys showed the other day is that you guys have played Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State, and Michigan State 25 times in the last five years, something like that. I, I'm this is bad, bad using stats right now. We can make it up. It's our show. You had played them like eight times. It was just some absurd, just some absurd number. Um, but yeah, it's fine. Fine. Fair is fair. But still, I, you have to keep as long as you keep the natural rivalries in place. Like, don't mess that up, please. That's and, all and, I'm asking for. The ACC has, right? The ACC doesn't let Pitt play West Virginia anymore. Um, the ACC blocked Pitt from paying, playing Penn State for a long time. So, oh, I'm just meaning more like Ohio State versus Michigan. Like, right. don't ever like make sure that you know Purdue and IU are never on cycle to play each other. Yeah, like, those. No, I agree. To I agree, and I do think it's going to happen uh, because the the Big Ten doesn't have the balls to do it themselves. But mm-hmm. you know, if, if they're, everyone else, their followers, doing... exactly, exactly. Um, and it is the right move, man. I mean, as much as I know you love the Big Ten West, probably like, you know, Mich- or Michigan and Ohio State should have played twice, just like uh, uh-huh. Georgia and Alabama yeah. did. It's it's it, it put mm-hmm. the two best teams against each other. That's that's good for TV. That's good for football. Um, that's the way it should be. I will get off my high horse. I've talked. And we about can always play many pods. We can claim that the Big 12 does this too because they don't have enough teams to have divisions. So, you know, they're always going to have team one versus team two. All right. You ready for my stack? Lay your sack on me. Oh, boy. All right. Producer Seth's podcast sack. Here we go. Um, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how this guy from Long Island always thought that Ron Silver, who was an actor, was real name was Ron Silva because the Long Island accent made that the er and a um and then another one of captain come up was nip in the butt instead of nip in the bud you know just like these weird little idioms that sometimes people get wrong um and then my dad always says warsh and washington um i have one really weird one i wanted to share um what's the four letter how do you say b-o-t-h both oh you say it like i say it we're say both it again both 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 there's like an l in there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay oh that's a region thing it must be must okay be. both it's both. so weird to say it that way all right do you have any other things that you say kind of weird everyone's like dude that's not your saying but you say it anyways so i only t- like and it, this is same for a lot of people whether from the south or the east coast or, or whatever um but like when i'm around my uh my Pittsburgh family and my Pittsburgh friends yins comes out. So I, I, I say yins um, and I don't say Warsh, but I do like kind of like how we just do an L in there. Like my Pittsburgh ease comes out. So I throw like an H and a W in like everything like iron and uh, John and crick um, a whole bunch of just real weird weird things for those who don't know pittsburgh ease is basically white trash east coast so like it's two terrible accents put together and that's how you get pittsburgh ease and i couldn't be more proud of it um but no dude dialects and weird things like those things intrigue me so much like we could have a podcast just on that that was a good question but we can tie that into college football 
What about Brian Kelly immediately becoming Southern? So that's that's a thing. Those videos are still so, so he's from New Jersey, spent his entire life in the Midwest. Now, all of a sudden has a Louisiana draw. Like, Yikes. If that doesn't scream phony, I don't know what I don't know what does. Um, But I think half of them are just playing characters. Absolutely. For sure, dude. Except Harbaugh, he's just a creep. Um, <laughs> but anything else in that sack, or uh, or or is that no? A, that's it. It's empty. That's you've worn right. me out. You've worn me out the last couple of weeks. That's you know what? Uh, never mind. Um, speaking of wear you out, we're never <laughs> gonna wear you out. We'll be here next week doing linebackers. Maybe Bragg will be back from vacation. Who knows? If not, Seth and I will be. Make sure to check out the pod on Twitter uh, at podcast LEO. We're at everywhere you can find podcasts. Be sure to download, follow, rate, and review on all platforms. We'll talk to you next week. Love you guys. LEO. 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 Awesome day. LEO. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate that. LEO. All right. Great. LEO. Appreciate you guys. LEO. You're welcome, Dave. Have a great day. LEO. Have a great day, Elio. Appreciate you being here with us. Have an awesome day, and Elio. Oh, thank you so much, Elio. Well, thanks so much, Elio. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate that, Elio. Appreciate you guys, man. Have an awesome day, Elio. Awesome, Elio. Elio.